Good evening and welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. I'm Chris. And I'm Adam. And we are here this evening for the second of our Listener Request Month episodes, uh, courtesy of Dave, who has asked us to cover the amazing 1961 Corman Poe adaptation, as loosely as you can possibly put that, of The Ooh, Pit of the it? Pendulum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get into it. Um, yeah. yeah. So there will be spoilers, uh, there will be swearing, and yeah, uh, so for those of you who haven't seen it, totally go and watch it before we do this, because it is a bit of a whodunit, and we will be spoiling that. Um, but if you haven't, and you're not going to go and watch it, just a very quick rundown. Uh, a guy turns up at a castle, his sister has died, and he's received a letter with not much information from her husband, who he's never met. Uh, so he's gone there to find out what's going on, only to find that it's a very strange household. Uh, and Vincent Price, who is the husband, uh, his family have a history of torture and execution. Mm. So, uh, it, first, first point, first point of order on that one. Yeah. Technically, if you're a member of the Spanish Inquisition, you can't have kids. Yeah, <laughs> but you have to be fairly sort of high-ranking, yeah, Catholic. So, so yeah, <laughs> maybe he was just doing it for fun. Possibly, just a hobby. <laughs> We've all got to have a hobby. Well, yeah. Um, Sorry. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah. Oh, and then it turns out that Vincent Price believes he's been haunted by said wife. Um, so, Chris. With this being, I assume, your first time watching, how do you it is, make yes. the film? Yeah, and I, I hadn't heard of this, I don't think, until it turned up in the uh, the spinner last last two last two episodes ago. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. So uh what you just ended on there, I thought was good. I as often do, I like the element of psychology. You know, he's going mad. Is he really going mad? Is she coming back from the dead? What's going on? You know, it's like that starts to get a nice little twisted story. You don't know quite which way it's going. Um, and I don't, I don't think I recognised anyone except for Vincent Price, who, again, once you know him, he could pretty much do anything and it would make a great film. Yeah. And... The way he turns in this and the different points at which he is going a bit mad, but then, you know, he comes into his fall as the, uh, when he takes on, is this, I'm going to mix up the names. So we've got Nicholas Medina and Sebastian Medina. Yes. So it's like, it's his dad that he then embodies. Yeah, he takes on yeah. the persona of his father. Who, yeah. Who, whose torture room it is, because that is a fantastic <laughs> way to show someone around there, around your house. <laughs> yeah. And torture chamber it was my father's <laughs> i've got to admit I've, i mean i've probably seen this film half a dozen times mm. i would have sworn blind when i sat down to watch it tonight that it was all in vincent price's head and he'd imagined the whole thing because uh -huh. i just remembered the end scene and i forgot the twist before that yeah and i was convinced mm. and whole, the whole way through to be fair it, it does play along that that could be the case so it's mm -hmm. only when, you know, the doctor walks down the stairs and bumps into the wife. And I was like, oh, shit, no, I've totally misremembered this. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder, yeah, I wonder if that happens to well. me. Yeah. Because this, this is probably 
I I watched it yesterday, and that was probably the first time in about nearly twenty years. I think. Wow. I think I've seen it sort of like I think I saw it once on telly, so I knew of it, and I you know I'd I'd seen it, and obviously I've seen the other post cycle stuff a lot more. I think this just didn't used to turn up as often. Yeah. Mm. As like Mask of the Red Death or um, The Raven. The Raven's always on. Um, but yeah, it was a very I no, I'd totally forgotten about that. And I was I was the same as you, Lee. I was like, oh, they're going with the you know, either either a haunting or madness plot. Yeah. You know, and um because I was also sitting there going, I remember Barbara Steele fucking talking. <laughs> mm. And I was like, you've made that up. You'll get this mixed up with Black Sunday or something like that, you know. And um, no, as it turns out, yeah, she does actually appear. But it's because it's, oh, yeah, Bob. I think she's like third build. Yeah. And literally is in a flashback. And you do at that at that point until yeah. the whole thing unravels and you find out that, yeah. Although that is also the question of what a shitty person she is, that it's like, yeah, and I'll let my brother think I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah she, she seems very put out that he's there, which, you know, mm. considering he's come all the way from England to come and, mm. you know, find out what really happened because he cares so much. And then she's like, oh, have you done away with that prick yet? Because he's just going to get in the way if he's still here. Yeah. Um, now, I wanted to check, what are the other Edgar Allan Poe adaptations that we've seen? Ah, so off the post cycle, I got it all written down. Oh, well um, we we have we have scratched off the list. Um, Tales of Terror, which we mm. did quite early on, which is the one that's it's an anthology one with um, Vincent Price, but also um, Peter Laurie. Peter Laurie, thank you, and Basil Rathbone. Yeah, yeah. So um, we did that quite early on. And then reasonably recently, we did The Raven, which was uh, Peter Laurie again and Boris Karloff. Yes. Uh, with yeah. Vincent Price. And that was where he'd been turned into a raven. Because, I mean, yes, that's the thing. That's right. Yeah. Again, the whole thing of how much this is based on Poe, go back to The Raven as well, where it's like, this is a poem <laughs> that has nothing to do with rival magicians at war yeah. <laughs> over a possibly dead, possibly possessed ghost wife who's actually just real and just ran off. Um, yeah, none of that is sort of particularly in there, um, but they make a cracking good uh, film out of it, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah I, so wonder, I wonder how that works for, for Poe aficionados. Oh, like, do they also I, like this, or does it, like, they're like, oh, what are you doing? Weirdly enough, I think this came out, these came out where they were sort of like the f first sort of, <coughs> I don't know, not sort of modern adaptions of mm. Poe, because there'd been sort of like stuff earlier, but like silent uh, films and things like that as well. Oh, okay. Uh, like sort of a lot, so a lot older. So these mm. were like the kind of first run. So I think a lot of Poe fans just embraced the fact that, you know, they're doing Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, yeah. But that's... but I, I so but now I think a lot of them it's very sort of like 
you know, if you're if you're a po-faced po-fat, <laughs> you probably you may like struggle. It. Yeah, <laughs> but I think anyone else is like it's a bit like um, uh, Stuart Gordon and Brian Yasner when they do uh, Lovecraft, mm. and it's that same thing of people just embrace them because they were the first kind of run of films that were adapting Lovecraft. Mm. Um, but actually, when you watch them, they're like, no, you've really, you've just utterly fucked around with this. This is nothing to do with it. Mm. Um, and similarly, so, I mean, The Pit and the Pendulum, this is, so of the Corman cycle, this is the second one. Mm. So there's, just to recap, The Fall of the House of Usher, Pit and the Pendulum, Premature Burial, which doesn't have Vincent Price in it, uh, Tales of Terror, The Raven, uh, The Haunted Palace, Mask of the Red Death and the Tomb of Ligeia. So that's the sort of run of films. So we've, we're three down, which is uh, not bad going. Pretty um, good, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. But I mean, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, Adam, but the majority hmm. of them do stick fairly closely to the actual story, the actual post stories, with the exception of The Pit and the Pendulum and The Raven, which is just, mm. it's as if they've given the title to somebody who's never and, read them yeah, and just gone, yeah. write a, a screenplay on this. <laughs> well, mm. it's because it's Richard Matheson who's the scriptwriter on this, who, and I, I just had to jot it down because I know he's sort of like, so Richard Matheson wrote, of what we've watched, mm. um, Devil Rides Out, Legend of Hell House, and he wrote the book that that was based on, uh, mm. Tales of Terror, Night of the Eagle and the Raven. So he does all the Poe adaptions. So, but I think it's whether he, I think really it's whether they've got enough plot to get their teeth into. Yeah. Mm. So something like Mask of the Red Death, Fall of the House of Usher, and actually probably the cleverest thing is doing Tales of Terror where they just did it as an anthology. So you yeah. got The Black Cat and uh, Cask of Amontillado and... Uh, you know, because it, it sort of suits that. So The Raven, I think, was just because it was Poe's most famous poem, so they probably just thought, that's next. I, I personally think Roger Corman probably never read Poe, uh, but he knew the titles. Yeah. And just was like, oh, so that's that's the one I've heard of, so we'll make that. Um, and it's, and, like um, it's a three-page story just of a man yeah. waiting to die. Literally, oh, Chris. Oh, shit. <laughs> Claire was watching this with me and she said, let me know when it gets to the bit that's the book. Yeah. I was like, yeah. And literally the bit that's the book is once the, um, the brother is strapped down under the bench. Right, okay. But, but even more well. so than that, it's basically a three-page meditation on terror. Because the reason is, the pendulum is like one of the big Poe stories because it is a really concise but very mm. good distillation of what he does. Okay. So it's basically very, you know, a touch melodramatic maybe, but someone driving themselves insane through pure terror of being strapped under this torture device that slowly no. descends. In, now, this is in otherwise pitch darkness, surrounded by yeah. rats. Yeah, well, it, this is sounding a little bit like an early torture porn story. Then yeah. it's got it's got 
if that's the focus of yeah <laughs> torture sending you mad and yeah yeah no actually i think you're probably right it's, it's very much a, a, a short burst of torture pong yeah. um, no i can see i can see why because i was sort of thinking they're definitely showing a lot of the pendulum swinging back and forth mm. and i suppose that could be a reason why they they had it in there significantly i mean it is meant to be the well, it's in the title as well. So. Yeah, yeah, no, but I, I suppose I was, um, I was perhaps taken by when Don Medina, um, when he changed. For me, that felt like this is the peak bit, as opposed to necessarily the yeah. pendulum bit. It was like, I guess that takes my attention when you start to see Vincent Price moving into his crazy, uh, evil. <laughs> It's weird because that is the apex of the film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that they not necessarily on purpose, sort of, but I think it was just the combo of that and Vincent Price. Yeah. Who does it all suddenly? I mean, I mean, obviously, obviously it's Vincent Price. It's always going to get too big. Hmm. It's going to get to a big performance. Let's yeah. be generous because we're enjoying it. You know, it's not, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, but that first transition where he just grins mm. and he's just a bit sort of, oh, yes, and quiet every day when he's been this sort of list, sort of very haunted yeah. figure all through it. And then yeah. suddenly it's like, oh, it's pleasantries and time of the day. And you're like... Mm. Oh fuck, he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> he's out his performance in this. I mean, I know we always gush about Vincent Price, but his performance in this is absolutely outstanding. He really, really mm. does. As you say, considering he has to play so many he has to put so many different mm. hats on in this yeah. role, really. Um and he just, and cowards. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I think that is he definitely does do that well. He is good at having those different sides but and that's kind of what you need for Poe because it's being because not being funny it's like Poe writes madness well Mm, yeah and that's the art of it so it's not just a case of transitioning it onto the screen you've got to get an actor who can handle that but it's also got to be you know, I mean, you've then got to get to the point of him screaming his way through a thesaurus of words <laughs> for hell. Yeah. You know, but it's still, I think it's like you say, it's because it's sort of like that turning point of the peak. Although, again, sorry, and sorry we're jumping around, folks, but also sorry we're spoiling things if you've decided to stay with us, even though we told you not to. Um, <laughs> the actual twist ending as well where it's just like, right, we're going to leave this place and no one will come back in. And um, Elizabeth is still in the Iron Maiden. Yeah. yeah and I, that's just... I thought that, yeah, because for, those, for the people who survive, they don't know that it was all a, a ploy to send him mad. As far as they're concerned, mm. he went mm. mad and he had done it all. So they yeah. just walked away at that point and were like, well, we've wrapped this up. And they haven't. They've yeah. all got completely the wrong end of the stick, which is, yeah. Well, I, that is that is a profound point. I mean, you know, I'd, I'd like to bring that back to how often does everyone get the wrong end of the stick? You see something and you think that's mm. what that is. Mm. And yet 
if you can't find out the truth, you will blame that person. And yet it was, he was the victim. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I can't remember, what was it we were talking about? I think it might've been in a lot. Oh, it was because of um, Horror Express, but we were saying about watching something where you're in on the mystery. Mm, yeah. Rather yeah. than having to figure it out. This manages to give you both yeah. sort of bites of that in a weird way, because it's, you, yeah. you know more than any of the characters put together, but you are still not for the whole film. Though. It's, you know, you are yeah. still, it's a mystery and a surprise and a twist and so on. Mm. So, and um, yeah. And I think actually the one thing that's a shame is that you don't, you don't get more Barbara Steele because I think her, particularly her with fucking Vincent Price. Yeah. They are brilliant. Yeah. You know, they really, you know, because her face when he goes, when he's clearly snapped, is it goes from gloating to like abject fear. Yeah. Like where it's like, shit, we've bitten off more than we can chew. And, you know, it's sort of, yeah, it's a really good performance within like what we see of her. Yeah. But, yeah, I think I was thinking. I was surprised she hasn't been in anything else that I, that I could think of. I... She was in um, Curse of the Crimson Altar. Yeah, uh, oh, okay. she was the bright green lady, Lavinia. Um, uh, right, okay. And um, but again, kind of in that, she's not really in it a lot. We will mm. do. We've got to do Black Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Black Sunday is the as she did that before. I think she did that before this, um, but she worked a lot with. Um, uh, there's an Italian director called Mario Bava, who then kind of the pit and the pendulum, particularly, kind of fed back into them, and they sort of started um, mm. going in the same direction as Roger Corman's stuff. Um, but that um, Black Sunday is like black and white witch mm. um, reincarnation film. Okay. Um, but it is really, it's really good. It's really fucking dark. Yeah, 1960. So that must be quite relatively unusual to, for you I to think, say it quite like that. Well, because it's, I think it's just, it's unusual enough in every sort of sense. It's because sort of, it's... Okay. Um, um, like I say, because it's in. I mean, I mean, there's the there is the dub. I think I've watched the. I think I've watched the dub version of it rather than the subtitled. Um, mm. But yeah, there's just something about it. It's just very starkly filmed, and weirdly, it kind of. I like um, in the pit. You've got the Inquisition painted on the wall. Yeah like the figures of the Inquisition, which does come from the story because there's, <coughs> in the story, he it starts off with him saying that he's been held by the Inquisition and sentenced mm. to death. And then it's just he's in the pit being, uh, seeing the black. Um, but he talks about, like, when they say it, he basically blacks out. So all he sees is them in silhouette. And just, and I think it's just them in silhouette and their lips as they intone intone his name. Yeah, and okay. um, uh, yeah, that that sort of um, painting that they've got round the pit of the various sort of like 
um, creepy Inquisition mm. figures and the pointy hats and everything. It looks like that. Yeah. That that kind of feels like Black Sunday because Black oh, Sunday okay. is very high contrast sort of black and white film. But we'll we'll do it. So that's the thing with Roger Corman. I mean. You know, everyone always talks about how he always got his films in the can long before deadline. They always came in under budget, but he got so much out of his actors always. He, I mean, I know he's seen as a bit of a schlock master, but like these films are masterpieces. They're so beautifully shot, so well put together. Um, and they always have that lovely dreamlike quality to them. Um, and the colour palette's always really nice on them. They've got that really... Like that, re- not just when it's the super bright, dreamy stuff, but just quality the shots street. of the castles. Yes, yeah, exactly. It's like a, like a, a tin of quality street. <laughs> and I love the matte painting stuff. So, like the matte painting mm, of the yeah, pit and yeah. of the castle. I just think they're amazing. The oil, the mm. paint and oil stuff over the like over the opening as well. Mm. Just very abstract and really, is, really, yeah, yeah, really good. Because actually, that's the, another thing things sort of like though. Um, like saying about the because that's something that he has in common with Mario Bava definitely is the sequence when it starts going through all the colour changes and the mad angles and everything mm. and the um, as the blade's coming towards him and it's all sort of kicking off for want of a better mm. expression um, yeah that whole sort of it just goes mad mm. you know it's like the film goes mad to say this person's gone mad and it's yeah it but it just is so you know i i agree with you lee i think this is this this is what roger corman did best mm. is these poe adaptions are definitely his that that and discovering basically the entire of 70s hollywood royalty yeah, um, and 80s as well, you know, just sort of like the amount of directors that he helped, but yeah, mm. but as as a director himself, I think these are the these, these this is the gold, you know, this is the, the really good stuff. Uh, and if you love all that imagery and the way it's all portrayed, it, it still always reminds me now I've seen it, I can't help but keep harkening back to it. As you say, specifically that opening as well with the multicolored swells. Um, mm. the second Elvira movie, Elvira's Haunted Hills. Yes, um, is like it's a it's a a loving kind of comedic version of an amalgamation of all of these Poe Corman mm. films. Um, yeah, but they pull it off really well. Like it, it, uh, some of the comedy falls a little bit flat, um, but it, to look at it's it's fantastic. They do a really really good job of sort of recreating it and. And I love yeah. the film. I've seen it half a dozen times. But... Should yeah, we have we'll watched an Elvira? We probably should have done by now. Do, do, do they come under the right category? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's, okay. it's yeah, it's Elvira. Elvira is definitely horror. Yeah. Okay. So and, yeah. that, and that first film is so eighties and so. It's it's also right. good. It's also good because if I watch that with Claire, she can see that that is literally. RuPaul's playbook yeah. of innuendo <laughs> and um, seriously the full works how's your head when I've had no complaints so far and yeah. you know all of it is just from Elvira so yeah, yeah. no we, we probably do need to do Elvira we definitely need to get that on the list and it's such a fun watch we um we watched it here actually we had a 
party at Halloween. Um, and we said, oh, you know, what does everyone want to watch? Uh, yeah, and that was the one that got, got the most votes, so we ended up watching that in its entirety. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So not Antichrist this time. <laughs> <laughs> That's but one yeah. for <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I think they just, it's not just the way they're constructed, it's everything, because obviously he used to carry his own team with him a lot. So, mm-hmm. so all of these films feel, that's why it's hard to tell what order they come in, because they all feel yeah. so completely alike. Like you said, Adam, like, you know, Mask of the Red Death and... Um, uh, and the others. House of Usher. House of Usher. Um, yeah, yeah, they are, and the Arrow releases of those are really good as well. Like their um, their prints are phenomenally good considering their age. Mm. I don't think I've ever seen the one that doesn't have um, Vincent Price in it. Oh, I don't I think ha- I've seen Premature Burial. I have that here on a Midnight Movies release. So it's one of those double sided discs, and it's it, mm. I can't remember what's on the other side of it. It might even be Mask of the Red Death and Premature Burial, but um. Oh, yeah, I, I think I've only seen it the once. It's it's very Roger Corman. It feels mm. exactly like these, but because it hasn't got Vincent Price, it's the one that I watched and enjoyed and haven't gone back to because it's the George Lazenby one. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> very good in its own right, but when you compare it to the others, you always yeah, no, no, Price. it's not winning anything unless you're feeling very unusual. <laughs> I do, um, yeah, I mean, it's, oh, did you know about the um, uh, the extra bit? There's a prologue to this film. Uh, basically, I mean, obviously, now bear in mind, this film is 1961. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1968, when it was sold to, I think, ABC for television, um, it wasn't long enough to fill up the two-hour slot. Mm. Like if you, you know, like obviously they chop adverts in, but it still wasn't long enough to fill the two-hour slot. Yeah. So they filmed a prologue to bring up the running time. And uh, where are we? Do you know what? It's funny you say that. So I was discussing this with Dave today, who sent us the request for this. Yeah. Um, and someone on the video chat said, "Oh, I'd like to watch that." And he sent a photograph later of the fact that it's currently available on Sky Catch Up. Mm. Um, yeah. And it said an hour and 38 minutes. And I said, oh. well, that's oh. odd because I've just sat down to watch it and it was an hour and 20. So where does the other 18 minutes come from? And I was like, I've not got Sky, but I'm pretty sure they don't stick adverts in the middle of it. So, yeah, mm. that would actually explain. All right. I need to go and track that copy down now and see that. Yeah. It's well, it's um, it, fortunately it's on the Arrow release. Mm. They do have, um, oh, and I'll tell you, there's another thing on there that's absolutely fantastic. But, um, yeah, so it was um, Corman's production assistant, Tamara Aziev, and she went and filmed it. And it features um, uh, Luana Anders, who is um, the um, sister, Catherine, yeah. uh, Catherine Medina, because she was, like, the only member of the cast they could, sort of get back to do it because obviously it was like ages ago and it basically starts with um her it's it's her in an asylum where the events of the film have driven her mad mm. and then so she sort of like goes around this asylum Sid Haig's in it 
what? very briefly as a as a sort of molesty guard. <laughs> but yeah, Sid Haig, Sid Haig turns up in it. Um, and basically, yeah, it's, it's really weird because it's sort of, it's obviously not shot on at the same time. Mm. And Luana Anders looks, I mean, not different, but, you know, it's clearly not two days later or yeah. from when, you know. Um, and, um, yeah, it's just very weird sort of like little thing that they've added in. But basically, yeah, so she then goes up to someone and starts telling them, well, I'll tell you why I'm here. Um, and then, and, it, and, the film, and then the rest of the film's a flashback. So yeah, oh, yeah I definitely need to track that down and see that because that's very unusual. Well, I also I, I thought I would have to put down just in case um, it it had happened. Uh, well done, Chris, uh, for not ha- having this happen. But yeah, not to be confused with the Pit and the Pendulum with Lance Henriksen, uh, the, the Nineteen ninety one. Full moon production. Uh, oh no, that's uh, there's also Edgar Allan Poe's The Pit and the Pendulum, which is a low budget erotic thriller adaption, apparently. Oh dear. Um I don't quite know and... what you oh well, yeah, no, I don't want to think about it. Can't <laughs> there's there's a there's a French adaption, there's a German adaption with Christopher Lee called The Blood Demon in 1967. Um and Oh, where is it? Uh, yeah. And there is a reading uh, of it by Vincent Price on An Evening of Edgar Allan Poe, which is basically oh, yeah. a films TV special where he sits and performs for Poe stories. I have that on that's DVD as well. That's yeah. also yeah. midnight releases, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's on the that's on the Arrow one as well, because I was like, I'd read about it and I thought, oh, I'll jot that down. And then when I was going through the extras on this, because I thought, oh, well, they'll have the, I know they have the prologue hmm. in there. Um, and yeah, suddenly I was like, oh, shit, I've just had this nice warm slice of entertainment sat there for for ages and I forgot all about it. So um, I couldn't but, find my Arrow release, so I watched my dodgy old DVD copy, you see, so I've missed all these extras. Yeah. I don't know if I've actually watched my Arrow release version, but uh, yeah. Definitely need to as, as, as you guess, it looks incredible. By the way, we're not being paid by Arrow. <laughs> they, they can pay us if they want, and they can send us free discs if they want. But yeah, we're not actually being paid by Arrow. We're just like them. Yeah, so. they just they they always. It's one of those. Even if they put a film out like this that they put out years later, they managed to get some really good stuff of the time. Uh, a lot of the time, the documentaries and things that surround them are all you know, like they make their own. Yeah, and they're just mm. really good. Yeah, they, they just put out really good, you know, stuff that even if you've got it on DVD already, it's always worth getting anything that they release that you're interested in. But yeah. Yes, yeah, they're, they're, they're always good value. Yeah. And a lot of it's stuff you don't, I mean, in terms of streaming, you don't get many extras anymore. No. That's, actually, that got beaten out of them. It was like, so, well, stop talking about extras for fuck's sake. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think we need to cover more of these uh, adaptations, mm. uh, loose or otherwise, because oh, well, actually we've done the two loose adaptations. We've done the loosest, I think, definitely, yeah. As I, I did consider during the pandemic, actually, The Mask of the Red Death did keep coming into mind, and I was like, yeah, it's probably a little bit 
grim and it will lose all <laughs> its fun tongue-in-cheekness at this time of year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it Which is, is precisely, it, the, precisely the time I watched it. Yeah. yeah. There you go, mate. Typical. <laughs> um, but yeah, Roger Corman's career has been, I know we discussed it in the previous episode, <laughs> like the amount of stuff that he's done through the years, like the amount of famous mm. films that are attributed to him, um, that I didn't know growing up, I didn't know who he was particularly, but you know, stuff like Death Race and although you know like big name stuff like he seems to be able to turn his hand to almost any didn't he do a load of softcore porn stuff and things as well I think, that... I think i think everything basically if it was if there was exploitation roger corman either directed or produced it <laughs> in, in some way or another so i think there's i think there's definitely there's probably like i think there's like bikini films and nudie films and stuff and i think it's just it's the thing of being a uh, what's the word for it? It's the th- it's just part and parcel of just doing. Well, we throw enough shit at a wall and make some money. Yeah, <laughs> actually, but, I did very in nearly way, in, in an artistic um, way. You know, yeah, genuinely, but. I did very nearly actually in the, the run up to this. I um I was going through my collection. Yeah, and I did find you saying about bikinis. The Doctor Goldfoot. The two Doctor Goldfoot movies. Oh yes. Um, yeah, and I, I think I watched half of the first one and didn't get to finish it. And I was tempted to watch it just to sort of because it was an excuse to watch them, really. But mm. uh, yeah, I didn't quite get around to it in the end. But I definitely will watch the. Have they also got on there a film called Master of the World or something as an extra? Oh, possibly. I I think it's two films. Of, Either on mm. one disc or the two films in one box. So yeah, I don't think there's many extras or anything. So there's right. anything. Um, but no, it might be worth checking just because that is a sort of a, it's an adaptation of a Jules Verne story called Robber, Master of the World, mm. and it's Vincent Price as basically this steampunk sky pirate. Oh wait, I've seen. I have seen that. Yes. Mm. Yes, I, I don't, I'm not sure if I saw it as an extra on the disc, but I have seen that. Yeah, it's very yeah. cardboard scenery and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I still need to see it. I've never seen it, to be honest, but it's always just... I, li- I like I like the, the Vern, so, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it was, again, it was fairly entertaining, but, uh, yeah, it was one of those kind of... I don't think it was super low budget. I think it was just very early filmmaking. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, it all just felt very, you know, plasterboard and stuff when they were supposed to be in this huge Zeppelin flying around the world. Um, yeah, and it looked like an office that had been built in a in a warehouse, oddly enough. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I, just, I need to watch more Vincent Price, but I do go through phases of just getting swamped with, and I, I keep going back to the same old classics again and again. So I do mm. need to diversify a bit i think and uh, like i bought one of his pirate movies and i watched dragon wick and um but yeah i need to some of his noirs good yeah yeah that's that's some good stuff because again he's just very good at being a menacing bastard yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and actually if you're feeling really if you uh, go and seek out when he was egghead on batman Oh, yeah, see, I never really watched Batman, so I missed all of that, so I think I might yeah. have to... That, that I mean, was the, the original series? Yeah, the, the Adam West mm. one. So be prepared. It's basically him in a giant bald head 
making egg puns. <laughs> that is super. Oh, I think that, that has got to be and be. exquisite. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, let's wrap this up. So, thanks very much for that, Dave. That was a perfect yeah. excuse for us to go back to another uh, Corman Poe film quite soon after we recently did. They're always good. Um, I'm also very pleased because, sorry, I was just going to say. I was very pleased to realise that the the wheel of horror had had thrown up to us the holy trinity of Cushing, Lee, and Price. Yes. yes. So very true. Well, done, yeah. well done, the wheel of horror. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like it, there was a spirit guiding it. <laughs> yeah, Google. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we will be back in a fortnight's time with our what we've been watching. Uh, so I'd better knuckle down and watch something because currently it's a very scant list. Um, and after that, we will be on episode 150. Uh, and we've got mm. something planned for that. We're hoping it's going to be entertaining, but it might just entertain us <laughs> and nobody else. So we don't know, but we will definitely uh, let you know on the next episode what we've got coming. So thanks ever so much for listening. Good night. Night. Good night. I said good night a bit rushed there. <laughs> Sorry. Egg- Eggy Poo gives Boy Wonder a shampoo. I'm looking up uh, Vincent Price Batman. On Pornhub. Oh, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> 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 <laughs>